Hey everyone, it's Misty Lynn with the 52 Portrait Project. I'm really excited today to introduce you to a personal mentor of mine. Her name is Marianne Simpson, and if you've been listening, you may have heard me mention her before because I've mentioned you a couple times. Did you hear me mention you? You said you were listening mm-hmm. a little bit. Did you hear mm-hmm. me talk about you yeah, and the I yoga? Yeah, I remember which one. A few times because the way that you um, helped Eli, my partner, and I after our car accident with the yoga that comes up every now and then because we talk about trauma and stuff in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just wondering. So this is the famous Marianne. Marianne is a yoga instructor and she's taught me so many things in my life and I'm so grateful to know her. So I'm excited to share her wisdom with all the people. So thanks for agreeing to do it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for asking me. Yes, of course. So I send the women eight questions every time and um, Marianne answered them in this like really concise beautiful way. It was just different than anyone had done it so far. So I'm going to read what she wrote. And it kind of like condensed all the questions into a couple paragraphs. And I love it. She said, Hi, Misty, I've had your questions on my mind. As I've thought about them, I've come to realize through your questions that so much of how I have connected in my life is through my practice and teaching of yoga. It is a regular practice planning classes, creating a flow, reading yoga, and spiritual readings to support the teachings. Truthfully, it is such a natural part of what I've come to do. It is what grounds me and truly has gotten me through some very difficult times in my life. Oftentimes in class, I will share how my daughters have taught me so much. I can say they are my best teachers in life. You ask about community. In yoga, it is referred to as kula. This connection of like minds sharing a desire to feel their deep knowings of strength and wisdom. So much of my community is through this continued connection of yoga. On a smaller connection, yet most influential, is my family. I am very much devoted to teaching yoga. I never thought I'd teach. Funny how it gradually snowballed to be such a large part of my life. Today I can say that I have an abundance of love in my life. I am blessed to see how valuable it is to love oneself. This is the gateway to love of others and the simple beauty of life's offerings every day. It is a gift to be alive. My hope is that the students in my class imbibe this message. It is a vital part of my teachings to infuse the love and connection within our own self for oneself. Maybe this is my service to the world you ask about. Namaste. Hmm. I love that so much. Oh, thank you. You know, the first thing that jumped out at me is that you said, um, funny how it gradually snowballed in such a large part of my life I never thought I'd teach. And my first thought was, of course you're a teacher. You're naturally a teacher. So that's funny. No, I never looked at myself as teaching yoga. I enjoyed it. I went to it as a as a refuge and a, as a a suggestion mm-hmm. from a um, nurse practitioner that I had gone to because I wasn't feeling well. And she suggested that I do yoga and go to a 12-step program. And she said she could give me antidepressants, but they were just band-aids. And so I followed through with what she said, and it has been the best prescription that I could have ever received. Yeah. Can you give me a little bit of a timeline as to when in your life that happened? Like, how old were you when you found yoga? So it was 15 years ago that I started teaching yoga. Prior to that, maybe 20 years ago. Okay. Well, maybe a little less. But than you that. found it later in life, right? Right. It wasn't, that's right. the most inspiring part of the right. story to me. Because we never know like what's coming around the corner. Like it was in my 50s, yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So you had never done yoga before? You no, just... I had no idea what yoga was. 
you know, she just said, go do this. And at that point in my life, I was just, okay, whatever mm -hmm. someone suggested to do, that's what I did. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. So you must have been in some pain then, because I feel like it takes, mm -hmm. it requires a little bit of pain to be yes. ready to try. And yet you anything. don't really know the level of pain you're in. You know, you're there, but you're not really there in awareness of that space. Yeah. Do you remember your first time trying it, like walking into the room and mm -hmm. did it feel natural or was it weird? Like, what was your take on it? I was working with a trainer at the time and she had suggested this yoga studio and um, this particular teacher that she liked. And so when I went to the class, I felt like I was supported because she went with me. Um, but I loved what I was doing. I loved the class and... Like from the get-go. From the get-go. Oh, and I wow. loved the teacher. And this teacher later on has become my mentor slash friend. She is the owner of the first studio that I worked at and uh, has been the one because I took her teacher training. And she's the one that encouraged me to teach. Um, I was taking the teacher training just so that I could just understand yoga. Mm -hmm. I wasn't planning on teaching. Oh, that's so interesting. I know. Well, and, universe just kind of guiding you along mm -hmm. there. And it was funny because I kept going to her classes. I was doing the training and I had finished the training, but I hadn't thought about teaching. And so I regularly went to her 1215 class and she's calling me on the phone as I'm driving to yoga and saying that she's really sick and that I'm going to have to teach the class. She didn't ask me <laughs> oh, to teach I, the class. I've never heard this story. That's no. for real. And I remember like I'm driving and I'm thinking, oh my God. And this is, you've just only been a student up till right, now. Right. Oh, wow. Right. And I had already taken the training. So I pull up to the studio and she comes out and she comes to my car door and she opens it up. And she helps me out. <laughs> and then she walks me into the studio. And this particular class was always full. There was a lot of students. And so then she walks me all the way up to the front of the class. And then she walks away. And I... No instructions, no... Well, we, you know, I'd done the training with sure. her. So she had good insights about people. I really don't remember what I said, how I taught... You know, Do you remember but, the response of the people after? Did no. It, no, nothing. I would think I was in too much shock that I was, you know, like called upon to teach. And so, yes, um, I imagine. And that's how I started teaching. <laughs> Can you imagine it happening any other way, though? Do you feel like you could have found the... No, because I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's kind of good because otherwise you might be too stressed. Right, or scared or... Yeah, but I, I feel very blessed that I had this opportunity to teach in this situation of this particular studio where they were nurturing. Have you found that throughout your life you've had that kind of like little mm -hmm. universal guidance like that? I think so. It sounds so divinely oriented, I, you know? I do The believe. universe was like, and now do this. Mm -hmm. But you listen. That's the other half part of it, right? Yes. Yeah. I do feel like that. And for, for whatever reason, I have found that I do listen. You know. Yeah. Did you grow up with any religion or anything like that? I did. I grew up Catholic. Okay. Do you carry any of that with you? Do you find any solace in that? or? I do. I Even though I don't practice it today, mm -hmm. I feel like it was a 
part of my upbringing that gave me a sense of safety and structure too. Sure. You know, and even um, my kids were brought up Catholic. I made sure that they had the same kind of upbringing. Mm. But I kind of think when I got more into yoga, I felt like there was something uh, more to be offered. Although that wasn't necessarily like I didn't feel like Catholicism was bad. Mm-hmm. I was just moving on to something different. So yoga, is it a religion? No, no. It's a practice. It's a practice, exactly. So you can insert religions mm-hmm. into the practice. So exactly. have you ever found yourself taking any Catholicism into yoga with you? Not directly, but you know, I think if you've grown up with any kind of religion, it's a part of you. Even if it's something that you didn't resonate with, it is you know, imbibed in your being Mm -hmm. and somehow how you move through your life, it is part of that space that is you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's why Mm -hmm. I'm so interested in that. And particularly Catholicism has so much ritual. Mm -hmm. Was that part of your upbringing as well? Yeah. 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 And and probably there is a lot of ritual in yoga. Right. So there's, you know, not an unfamiliarity with the ritual aspects of yoga. But yeah, I think that if you are really following a specific religion, that yoga can just make it more full. I imagine so. I still am on the outskirts of the yoga practice, mm-hmm. but I have dabbled with you mm-hmm. yeah. uh, mostly. And it yes. does take you to a different place because you're grounding yourself in your body. Mm-hmm. I love that word imbibe that you used mm-hmm. too, by the way. That jumped out at me too when I was reading this. I even looked it up. Because I just love the thought of like kind of soaking something in like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I loved it so much as a spiritual idea of like mm-hmm. taking in ideas mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and knowings and wisdom. And right. Yeah, it's such a wonderful word. And I love the thought of your students imbibing spiritual messages while you're teaching them. Would you feel comfortable like giving us an example of what it might sound like to be in your class. Do you have like a teaching that you're doing right now that you could share? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, I do. do you mind? No, I don't mind. I have a book over here that oh, I Oh, yeah, sure. Draw yeah. So you asked me if I am kind of like guided. And I think I am. And I've learned over time to listen to that more. And so when I get up in the mornings and I pretty much teach a yoga class every day. Okay. That's amazing. That's a lot. It is, but you know, and sometimes I get up and I go, oh, you know, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, right. But it always gets done. And if not, those days when I feel like, like maybe I don't have enough to offer today or I haven't planned it right, Mm -hmm. there goes a really great class. It's kind of interesting. So I feel like I have been very blessed about having access to many different workshops, many different trainings. And so instead of just following like a specific Hatha yoga class, I was trained with many different teachers. And one of the big trainings that I had was on Usara. Yeah, I remember that. That was heart, mm-hmm. heart-centered yoga or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So and, beautiful, the idea. And it, it taught me, I mean, it was pretty elaborate in what you had to do. Like time you have to spend. And time you have yeah. to spend training. And, and so then I just discovered that I needed to separate from that space and become more of the teacher that I guess 
I feel like we're all meant to be, right? Mm-hmm. We all know like we can follow a certain path. We feel that's the right thing to do. But we also have intuitive knowings. We also have this capacity to teach from a space that is uniquely ours. And so very reluctantly but knowingly, I stepped into that and pulled mm-hmm. away from Anusara. And it was really kind of frightening for me to do, but at the same time, I just kind of did it. Yeah, plus you had invested all that time. Yes. I'm sure that makes it harder, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And for different reasons, it was just time for me to just kind of pull away from the strict traditional Anusara. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing other practices and other trainings. So I feel like what I was guided to is just to be open to more, okay? That kind of defines you for me. Hmm. You're just always open to more. Hmm. Knowing that you don't know and just being open and patient and kind of sitting back in your center and, mm -hmm. oh, this too. This is interesting. Like you say that all the time. This is interesting. I don't know. I don't even know. It's interesting. Yeah, it's wonderful. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. I just love that. Well, that, (laughs) I was going to say, that's interesting that I say that. (laughs) Because you don't really notice you're doing that. Mm -hmm. So I have. You asked me what I worked on this week or last week. And um, I love, love, love this gentleman, John O'Donohue. Mm. I don't know if you know him. No, I don't. It's a book of Celtic wisdom. And this particular book is called Anamkara. And Anamkara means soul friendship. And um, I have many books I draw from. And I will just sometimes, and this is what I did with this particular passage, is I just picked the book up and it just, that particular, when I opened it up, that resonated with me. Mm. And from there I drew Where do you get the books? Um, Where did you get that one? I got this one at Crazy Wisdom. Oh, wow. So you're Mm -hmm. just kind of browsing whenever Mm -hmm. it jumps out at you. Mm -hmm. And I hear, you know, like on Krista Tippett, John O'Donoghue was on. And I really liked him. And so... So, so that I have a selection of books that I will draw from. And I just pick it up, and there's always something. But this is the reading, if you want me to share. Sure. There is a lantern in the soul which makes your solitude luminous. Solitude need not remain lonely. It can awaken to its luminous warmth. The soul redeems and transfigures everything because the soul is the divine space. When you inhabit your solitude fully and experience its outer extremes of isolation and abandonment, you will find that at its heart there is neither loneliness nor emptiness, but intimacy and shelter. In your solitude, you are frequently nearer to the heart belonging and kinship than you are in your social life or public world. At this level, memory is the great friend of solitude. Hmm. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's a topic that isn't touched on a whole lot mm-hmm. in general, I think, too. Solitude mm-hmm. and isolation. Right. Yeah. And thought of as, in a way, something negative versus something profoundly mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I love how he writes this and speaks of it. So recently I studied with this woman named Donna Fari. She's pretty well known in the yoga world. And I loved how she asked the students to just feel how they are in their bodies. Mm. And so you lay down on your back 
and you began to feel the space that you inhabit at any particular time you're in the practice. So any day you go to the mat, you're going to hold something different. Mm-hmm. So any physical feeling you may have in your body could be an injury that you've been tending to. It could be just like how you woke up and you got a little ache or pain, might be arthritis, and let yourself be with it. Try not to like, you know, like, oh, I just got to get going and it'll go away. Let yourself know Mm. your own physical space because it is who we are. That's the hardest part is to not push it away or want to change it. Yes. And I love this practice because the more you do it, you start accepting it. You start being with it. And then you ask, how do you feel emotionally Mm. today? (laughs) You know, and it could be many emotions, right? And there's a a piece in Donna Fari's writings that she says that you think of your body as a home and you want to leave the front door open so that just as easily as the emotions can come in, they can also leave. Mm. Emotions are just energy. They don't define us of who we are. And so starting the classes, and this is what I've done since I've come back from Spain, where I studied with her, that was in May. And I can't quit doing it because I think it's really important for everyone to feel their space. Mm-hmm. So you start most of your classes like that? I'd start them all like that. That's so I, wonderful. And I want to like go differently, but it's your heart's something, telling you to do it. Yeah, yeah, because we all need that. We need to be in that space. And so this is part of like that little bit of solitude that we're speaking of. You know, you're going inside, teaching the students to know the depths of their being. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we look at the poses from the outside, you know, trying to make them look just right. That is not where I'm hoping that the students go. The poses become an expression of their own energy, you know, not yeah. something that they feel they should look like. And so you start to see how that just kind of dissipates and the people feel their own connection, their own space. When I can, I can start to feel that in the class, I can start to feel the students in that kind of energy. Mm. And it just feeds me. Isn't that wonderful? I know. It's, it's really so funny that you said that. On the mm-hmm. way over here today, I was thinking about performing on stage. I'm a mm-hmm. musician. I'm not sure if I've said that on the podcast. But um, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about how recently I, I had a really hard year, but I had a few shows during that year. And, you know, they can really cause me a lot of anxiety and hand wringing. But I had a couple where I got on stage and... I would step on stage and feel a wave. Right. And it would warm my body up. Right. Like it's a real tangible thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and it would lift me up and I would have a great show. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen every time. It's usually with crowds that know me really well. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's really special though. It just occurred to me driving over here. I'm like, wow, I've experienced a thing that maybe not a whole lot of people know what that feels like. Right. You know, this wave of love. It's like you can feel the tangible energy of love. Mm-hmm. For lack of a better word, love love kind of doesn't contain what it is for me. I feel like it's bigger. It's like it's incredible to be in front of people and give and receive like that. It's a blessing. It's a mm-hmm. blessing to be in that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In yogic terms, they call it shakti, mm. and shakti is energy with power. Oh, I love that so mm-hmm. much. And so, when you feel that energy, 
it's empowering you. And so when you get empowered, then you give it back to Mm -hmm. them. And And it's not ego. No, it's not that kind of power. Mm -hmm. It is what we all have. And we all have, you know, they, they also call it a Dharma in Sanskrit. We all have a path. A Dharma is your path. And when you are singing and you are in that moment where you feel that, that's your path. That's where mm. you're meant to be. And it's hard and, to hear sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not and, easy. Right, right. Yeah. And we all have different paths. Um, I was mentioning this in class the other day, and one of the students I know is a teacher of three-year-olds. You know, that takes so much oh patience. And, and she, you can just tell how good she is. I said, you know, this person knows this is her dharma because she doesn't get unraveled Mm. okay when you are in that little moment you're feeling the space but you're also in a different space Mm -hmm. and in yoga terms that's called pratyahara where you consciously are aware that more is happening than what is visually there what a beautiful word what is the word again pratyahara it even kind of sounds the way it feels mm-hmm. when it happens. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in the in the yoga, this is where I get the most out of teaching, is to try as much as I can to bring the students to these spaces, to be able to let them know that they own this inherent quality that all of us have, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like you're expressing it to me. You know what you've experienced it. You know, some people now they'll may think, oh, yeah, I, I do get that feeling when I do whatever, you know. And they may question, well, but that's probably not it. It's yeah, not that right. big a deal. But it is. What a blessing to have teachers that are guiding them into recognizing that space. Mm-hmm. They go to your class. Mm-hmm. You show them what it is. Mm-hmm. And so they go back out into the world. And then it happens again. And they can go, oh, this. Mm-hmm. And then they notice it more and more and more. How is that not changing the world? That's completely changing the world. It's a cool thing. But I hope somehow or another I got it, you know. Right. And when I get to experience more and more teachers that are that I resonate with, and then I come back with that information, I don't know, just all unfolds. Yeah. To go back to you leaving Anyasara, which was heart-centered, and following your heart, Mm-hmm. which you probably learned from the Anusara a little mm-hmm. bit more to listen to that mm-hmm. space, even though it led you away from that particular right. teaching, right. which is hard to trust in yourself too. Right. You following your heart like that was kind of early on when, when I met you. Mm-hmm. And I used to be so like hard on myself about my music. We would meet and talk. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I am is because I started really late. I didn't mm-hmm. start playing guitar until I was a senior which in college. Amazing. Right. I don't think it's amazing. I think it sucks. You know, like that's well, you the taught yourself that how in. to play the guitar. Right. Do you hear what she's doing right now? This is what she does. <laughs> so you would sit there and say stuff like that. And you would say, it's you honest. know, I think because I would compare myself to people who had been playing since they were 12 and their families mm. were playing and they were always around music and they got on stage and felt like they should be there. And there's a more ease to it. Seemingly. I don't know mm-hmm. the experience of other people, but And then you would say, I think it's even more special what you do because Mm -hmm. it came to you. It was a heart thing. Like it came Mm -hmm. to you, couldn't not do it. I always remember that piece that I'm, first of all, comparison is the thief of joy. We've all heard that before and it's true. But I can't compare myself to other people because I'm not other people. And my experience is so unique and 
that is what's special about it. It's not the technicality. It's not, you know, and I re- and you really taught me that, and that your path through how you make your choices and, mm-hmm. and your yoga path is kind of the same. You came mm-hmm. to it later. Right. You followed your heart. Right. You can't not do it. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like you have a little more joy maybe there. Although I'm, oh, I, I don't I've, know about that. <laughs> I, I also feel like what you're talking about is something that most people ignore and yet it kills them because they ignore mm-hmm. it. Yogis and bringing up all these Sanskrit words. Sanskrit was the first language of the universe. So it holds a lot of sacred power. So to me, when you say these things, these words fit it because it's a deep internal space that you are like it's coming from there. The Sanskrit word for it is itcha. So when you're telling me that you always wanted to play the guitar, and I think you got a guitar when you graduated from college, right? Right. Well, no, I got it my super senior year of college, okay. yeah. Okay. And you didn't know how to play it, but it's something you always knew you wanted. That's true, yeah. That is itcha. That is the same thing word for desire, okay? So you have this desire, you know? And so when you pick up the guitar, it's and yet, I'm sure it didn't seem this way to you. It's almost magical. You found what is actually that feeling inside of you that you needed to tend to finally has been tended to mm. through your music. You know, that's absolutely true. Right? Yeah. So and it's, it's this almost deep like a desire. Yes, and knowing is no, another knowing. word I like. Yeah, knowing because I did. Mm-hmm. It wasn't knowing even in high school. It was painful to not be doing it, which is right. another Isn't way that of saying crazy? it. Yeah. Because you were meant to do it. And if you never picked it up, you would always have this huge void. Mm-hmm. And I believe physical illness and whatever mm-hmm. can come out of not following mm-hmm. exactly. what your true path is. Yeah. yeah. And a dryness. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of the book, Women Who Run With the Wolves? I've heard of it. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. It's like so heavy that... I read half of it and had to put it down mm-hmm. like, and take a break. And I might go back to it now. But she mentions that if you're not on your path, there's a dryness. And I, that really stuck with me because I know that feeling. It's almost like your skin dries out. Mm-hmm. It's like your spirit you're not is being drying nourished. out. Yes, mm-hmm. spiritually. Mm-hmm. Spiritual bankruptcy maybe is another mm-hmm. way to put it. Sometimes I feel like following your heart sounds so trite because it's so much deeper than that. It's not to deny the heart's capacity and the heart's fulfillment, but you know that is what I think that I'm resonating with, with the way that I'm teaching yoga these days. I'm teaching the students to go deep inside, mm-hmm. and the things that I learned from Donna Fari is all about your center, centering your physical body. But if you center your physical body, you have the access to move more fluidly, more Mm -hmm. easily in life, no matter what it is. So if these students are getting this feeling of just allowing themselves to strengthen their center and feel that center, it's a deep awareness. All from a yoga practice. Well, Um, they come many times. I I don't think they get it in just one. Oh, that's what I mean, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what the practice, that's where that word comes into play. So when I read this, then I'll pick it up again, and I'll read a little bit more. So can I share a little bit more, John Donahue? Your persona, beliefs, and role are in reality a technique or strategy for getting through the daily routine. 
When you are on your own, or when you wake in the middle of the night, the real knowing within you can surface. You come to feel the secret equilibrium of yourself. When you travel the inner distance and reach the divine, the outer distance vanishes. Ironically, your trust in your inner belonging radically alters your outer belonging. Unless you find belonging in your solitude, your external longing will remain needy and driven. <laughs> wow. I know. Isn't that amazing? There's so much in that little chunk right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I will do is I'll be teaching. I'll read the first paragraph. We start to kind of move into our bodies, work the rhythm of the center. And then I may come back and read this piece here. And then we keep working some more. So it's kind of a unique yoga class then. Mm -hmm. I've never been to, if it's not you teaching me, mm -hmm. any other yoga class I've tried, which very few, very few, but none of them have included any kind of spiritual-ish. This is almost just like personal work. You don't even have to say the word spiritual if that bothers you. It's more mm -hmm. getting to know your inner self, you know, your true self. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm thinking how you're saying there too, yes. Being able to teach and read these readings and interweave them within the class and create the poses to go with them helps me to step into those spaces mm. more deeply. So it's just like literally you as a teacher get a hit of what you are teaching. Yeah. And so if I'm teaching 11 classes a week, <laughs> I'm hearing this and following this. So it really becomes uh, a huge shift in my life that that helps me to continue to grow and sometimes when i'm through teaching like on wednesdays i teach two classes one right after the other and you wouldn't think it would be a lot but at the same time i think because i'm going deep mm -hmm. i'm usually exhausted yes which is interesting that's a lot two in a row two classes in a row yeah i mean a lot is of it people, the same class no i teach a what they call a gentle class first and um, there are women and men but mostly women been coming to that class for years and I love how they just keep getting stronger and stronger and I would say the average age in that class is the women are in their 70s wow mm -hmm. that's so inspiring mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily strenuous poses it's but yet they keep getting stronger, more confident in how they move in their body, so they get up and down easier, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm constantly acknowledging their strength, reminding them that feel the strength that you are holding right now in this body. And I, I feel like it's something we don't allow ourselves to hear enough. Mm -hmm. It's not reflected back to us very often, I don't think. Mm -hmm. Certainly not by most of the world you know it's a very critical world that we live in so it's right and including in our own minds a lot of the time mm -hmm. that's why teachers are so important to remember right and it's like the part of the practice for me any practice i'm involved in is remembering myself mm -hmm. helps me remember you know the point right. of doing it all the time is that in the hard moments mm -hmm. oh that i remember that i can take care of myself this way mm -hmm. or that this is my true strength or you know, this really too shall pass. It really will, you know, remembering. Let's see. How do we want to wrap it up, Marianne? 
I can only tell you because you asked me, you know, how has this, when we talked a little bit about our path or our dharma, how does it change your life? Is it makes you feel more comfortable in your being. So like in your case, I feel like there's a part of you that knows that, but I think there's many of us that hold that same knowing like you do, but yet we don't let ourselves acknowledge the knowing. (laughs) Yeah. So we dismiss it and look at it like, oh, like maybe it's a job or it's something. But when you let yourself just kind of flow in the path, it becomes effortless. Sometimes I say, you know, I think to myself, oh, can I do this teach today? And that's because I'm letting my mind get in the way. And then I just step into it and something happens and it works, you know. There's an (laughs) ease and a comfort if you are following your dharma. That doesn't mean you're going to feel comfortable and easy all the time, right? Because you wake up feeling like you don't want to go. Right. But you trust and so that you put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, the ease presents itself. Mm. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no, no one is saying here that when you start practicing something or another that mm-hmm. you're never going to feel dis-ease again or, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. But it's about the practice. And it's about trusting in what you hold and letting yourself feel the power of it. Because sometimes we look at it as being a little bit too much in our ego. But we are meant to show what we hold so that each of us can learn from that. Everyone has something. And if we hold back from that, we are actually not allowing our highest to be shown and that is somewhat selfish because we are meant to express it to let it be you know we don't have to be arrogant about it but it is a power of a place that you know each of us hold mm-hmm. yeah, it's about trusting that space because it's so mm-hmm. easy to believe the world when the world tells you you're acting Mm-hmm. Or too other, big for your britches yeah. or right. like you're better than we are or mm-hmm. when in fact you're just standing in your truth and being mm-hmm. your highest self mm-hmm. and I think that is my hope that I can offer that to the students just kind of trust in that space let it come forward you know and so that's why I feel like I'm meant to teach yeah right? well thank you so much Miriam for sharing all of that with us oh I get it all the time you guys <laughs> She's so aren't you jealous do you feel comfortable telling people where you teach if they want to come and take a class sure. sure I teach at karma yoga in Bloomfield Hills and I teach at Northville Yoga Center mm-hmm. in Northville Michigan and I teach at my house in her basement in my basement that's where she did the trauma yoga with Eli yeah. and I it yeah. was wonderful and very healing Well, thank you so much. She doesn't have a website, I'm sorry to say, but you'll get to see photos of her on my website. And check out one of her classes. You won't regret it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Miriam. Mm -hmm.